I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Who would have thought we'd be here a year later, Sinead? I didn't. 50 episodes plus <laughs> a few bonus ones over the year. Mm-hmm. Pretty good effort, I think. Do you want a medal or? Only three listeners, so we've done pretty well <laughs> this, over this time. Aloha, listeners. Bet you didn't think you'd hear my voice opening the podcast. The last episode was season one, so I thought we'd mix it up a bit. And that's relevant because aloha means goodbye as well as hello. So, relevance. (laughs) (laughs) Aloha, my name is Lonnie. That was Sine, my girlfriend talking. Oh, hello. This has been I Only Like You. And it will continue to be, but it's our final episode of season one, which we weren't really sure we're doing seasons when we started this. So it's kind of been a de facto season one, but what's wrong with that? We're going to rename some of the episodes in case you're like... Better reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Looking for your favorite app. Ooh, that Swiss Army Man review. (laughs) We've always thought these episodes could be listened in any order, though. There's no through line, really. No. You see the movie you like... You can hear our thoughts, basically, mm. or a topic you want to hear our thoughts about as well. Now, we're moving into season two next week, and we've decided that it's going to be more of a movie discussion podcast rather than an uh, interesting topic and a movie discussion. Basically, over the last year, we've discussed everything. We think we've pretty much solved all of the world's problems, and you don't, they don't look like you think that's an A. I just think it's a big claim to make, isn't well, it? everything seems better since we started. Does <laughs> it? The world has definitely improved since we <laughs> began the podcast. No, we just we want to direct it more into a movie discussion thing and actually not just movies. We want to broaden our horizons. Look out. Guess what else we're going to do? The television shows. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> so, yes, some of the common topics we've talked about over the last year that we think are pretty much solved and you don't need to hear us banging on about anymore. Cheryl, our neighbour, is really annoying. So you, you've you had a bit of a 180 over the past year with regards to Cheryl, haven't you? She was she came up very often in our initial podcast, our mm-hmm. first few podcasts, mm-hmm. basically because she takes all of our apartment block bins down to the street each week, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Why can't I be in control of my own bin? I'm not seeing any growth so far. <laughs> Well, here's what I think now. I used to think she was being like all uppity and being like, well, I'm going to take everyone's bins out and, and thinks badly of us when we don't take everyone else's bins in. But I think she's just one of those busybody people who is like, oh, I'm taking my bin out. I may as well take everybody else's bin out. Mm. So I think it might come more from a place of goodness. But Do, do you not- think maybe she's not as vicious as you first and manipulative as you first thought? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, she's all right. Lonnie, I, I, don't think, I don't think she's bloody made a rod for her back, though, you know, because she has to be every week. 
on a Wednesday to put our bins out for a Thursday. Lonnie will continue to grow and make improvements. <laughs> I just think with regards to his relationship, she can't go on a holiday, can she? Because then no one else will won't put our bins out. What if she wants to go on a cruise? She's definitely the sort of person who wants to go on a she cruise. Would, yeah, she would, <laughs> but you know, maybe then that's when she comes to you and she says, "Lonnie, my second in command." And you've got the chance to prove yourself as the new bin person. Well, do I have to wear gloves and put the palm frong in the bin each yes, week? Yes, and you must wear a silk nighty. That is that is how it works. Well, I like that about Cheryl. So, something else we've come back to a lot: grocery shopping. <laughs> it's a common complaint amongst the youth these no days. No one's listening. It's the most boring <laughs> introduction. Well, what are your thoughts about grocery shopping today? Well, I feel like. Our thoughts from grocery shopping, very similar to our thoughts from public transport, and very similar to our thoughts from people in public, which is just don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't inconvenience others. Have some self-awareness. Be a good person. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Party on, dudes. <laughs> That's what we've come to. <laughs> Who's Bill? Who's Ted here? I don't know. What do you reckon? You've seen the movie more than I have. I don't think it actually matters. I think they're pretty much the same person. Right. <laughs> Who's Rufus? Sam's Rufus. Yeah. Who's Socrates? We can we can sort that out later. The, we can sort out which one of us is who in Bill and Ted's If you adventure. thought we'd improved in a year, this is just further <laughs> proof that we are still a bit of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So we, we've kind of positioned ourselves as a movie review podcast just because that's the easiest way to talk about things. But I don't think we're real reviewers. Oh, God, no. Because we want to make our own films in, in the future and we're not really, you know, real critics. And? We're not David Stratton, are we? I don't own a beret, so which is like <laughs> number one of the requirements of being a critic. And also we don't make money off this. This is just like a fun thing we do each week, mainly for each other and, you know, for something to do. Um so we're not, I don't want to, you know, make us, make ourselves sound better than we are. We just like movies and really we're, we talk about, we recommend stuff that we like and we're going to try and do that more now that we're broadening ourselves into TV as well as theatrically released films. Mm -hmm. um, and also we want to talk about some issues with the films and that's what we do, isn't it? I don't, I don't like it when we're, I don't want to be too critical of the films themselves. I want to talk about the issues and what we liked about them. You know what I mean? I want to celebrate stuff, today. Yeah, fully with you. I'm of the opinion that I don't really want to talk about a film that I can't make some kind of contribution to. Exactly. You yes. And yeah. So I want to I want to tell you stuff that we really like and we think you should like, and possibly stuff that we have issues with and want you to think about. Yeah. So we're not gonna we're gonna do more TV, more Netflixy sort of stuff. House of Cards coming up. Mm -hmm. The Keepers is coming up. Mm hmm. Masters of None coming up too, season two. And as always, you can just pick up any episode you want along the way. We're going to be talking about spoilers, unless it's a really important film that we think you should go into without spoilers. But pretty much it's going to be a spoiler special each week. Spoiler special. I like it. So as our sort of our last episode of season one slash first episode of season two, sort of joining up episode leading into the next season, we have watched War Machine, the Netflix film. Mm. How crazy is that? So weird, hey? Is it a web film or is it a feature film 
wasn't released in a cinema. Hmm. But it's not television, is it? Because it's online. It's a film. It's a proper film. Mm. How would you define a film? Mm. Yeah, right? It's, it's, it gets a bit tricky, doesn't it? Yes, it's directed by um, David McCode, who's an Australian director. It stars Brad Pitt. And it's a sort of fictionalised retelling of the um, firing of US General McChrystal in 2009. So... This is a real thing that happened, which I wasn't too aware of at the time. I wasn't following the Iraq War so much back in 2009 when I was 14 or something. And this film is, is kind of funny because it's telling that story pretty much how it happened, but it's changed the name of some people, but it still included real characters as well. So what's all that about, Sine? You've got a real issue with that, don't you? Well, I just feel like it's a bit strange to do that. It's based on true events, and from mm-hmm. what I've read, it, it follows those events quite closely mm-hmm. and actually includes Barack Obama as a character in a really yeah. strange sequence. I have issues with that. <laughs> but then the main character has just seemingly just changed his name. That's all I've changed about him. Yeah. I suppose for, like, you know, defamation sort of reasons, but, but they still inspired by the book that was written about mm. the event. So Brad Pitt. He plays a you know hard-ass general who's come in to save the Iraq War, mm-hmm. and he's a very strange person, very strange person. In some ways, is he the only one who knows he's playing like a satire? Only one who's playing it in a different film to everybody else who's playing a very serious film. Brad Pitt's there, sort of putting on a real turn, like it. Yeah. Very strange. I get what you're saying. Um, his performance bordered bordered on. Being a caricature. He was almost farcical in some things. Yeah. Which kind of worked, but up against everybody else who was treating everything with such sincerity. Yeah. Very weird. It was a bit strange. So there's a whole, there's a narrator to the film, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm. We find out later the narrator is the Rolling Stones reporter who catches up with Crab Pitt and his merry band of followers and writes an article describing these people and the way they talk about Barack Obama and the other um, U.S. government ends up leading to General McMahon getting fired, and that all happened apparently. Mm. I liked the way the narrator was revealed. Um, I liked that we didn't know who it was, and then it was sort of a you know, pan and he appeared. I really liked that, but I'm not sure that the device. I don't know. You need a way in, right, to these events, but I'm not sure that. It was needed for as long as it was, the narration. Well, it just dropped after mm. revealed he was a character, but he wasn't a real character anyway. He was in, like, one scene. Yeah, yeah. Very strange if he was supposed to be the thing that led to the downfall. I don't mm. know if he was exactly the most important character there. Yeah. So the whole thing is sort of set up as a satire, and, like, it's half funny, isn't it? Half comedic, to this approach to war. Mm. And a lot of the characters... Brad Pitt especially seem like they're sort of playing caricatures in a farcical sort of thing about a, a satire about war. But then later on in the film... That's two-thirds in. There's just some general Hurt Locker sort of war scenes. Yeah. And, like, they're very well done. Hmm. I don't know if they fit with the rest of the film, which is... Like, we laughed a lot in the early bits of the film. Yeah. I... 
it's annoying because I can see why they've done it and it's like, you know, you were laughing and now you're not kind of thing. But the variance in tone, I was just so confused. It was like watching a whole other movie where they were being really serious and it was war and mm. live or die kind of thing. But in the beginning of the film, it's kind of almost it's kind of almost a mockery of war and like the bureaucracy that holds all this stuff up and why they can't do certain things and I just thought that was really interesting and also um, I really love in film when basic things don't go to plan. Like I hate it when, I hate it in really polished Hollywood films where everything just works. Skype works the first time you dial someone and the microphone's always on and everything works. This is something I'm really fascinated in, like my personal sort of film thing. I like looking at the boring stuff and why things don't work. And I really liked that they included some of those ordinary moments in the film, like not being able to end the Skype call and, you know, not understanding what someone was saying. And I find that really interesting and it was funny. Um, it was done in like a comedic way, but that was just so far from the end of the film which was this really serious thing where people were like dying getting shot in the head and I was just I don't understand like what I was supposed to feel and you're right though that's probably intentionally the point that some of the stuff at the top is is useless and people who are Mm. in charge of it all don't actually know what's going on don't know the ramifications of what they're putting people through and it would be difficult to um to have a a real life war scene based on a real war and have it funny on the front lines yeah. where people are dying. So I, I didn't want it to be like, No, know, I don't think either of us wanted it there. to be like that. But it didn't quite, perhaps... It didn't gel. Gel together. Again, perhaps the point, but perhaps... I think there are too many characters. Yeah. All the supporting actors were great. Topher Grace is there. Um, RJ Siler. Yep. Earl from The Earl and Dying Girl. Yeah. One of our favourites. Yeah, he, he was really great, actually. Again, I had one scene, though. Yeah. Topher Grace had three scenes. Yeah. I, they were really great, but there's too many of them. And you notice the they do a bit at the beginning of the film where they're introducing all the characters, and it takes, like, half an hour. And then there's this <laughs> guy, and then there's this guy, and there's mm. this guy who looks exactly the same as the previous guy, but he's yeah. different. And I, I know we both like little montages where we're being introduced to the cast and the characters, but this went on way too long because there were too many, and I could not follow who was who. But there are other films, like, they're all characters in Harry Potter, but we all know because they're different. Yeah. They have a lot of different purpose. They serve a yeah. purpose to the story. Like three or four of those guys could have been cut from the whole film and yeah. you wouldn't have noticed. No, not at all. Not at all. So for Grace's character served a purpose because he got the Rolling Stone guy on. The mm-hmm. rest of them, no clue. Oh, yeah. maybe because he knew technology or something. But that didn't but... lead it to anything else in the plot, no, I don't think. absolutely not. And again, perhaps that's showing the bureaucracy and the, you know, Lots of different jobs for no reason in the army. Yeah. Perhaps. There's a very strange bit halfway through where there's an actor playing Barack Obama, who we all know is not the real Barack Obama. We all know he hasn't taken up acting as himself (laughs) in films since he left the White House. But they show him as a real character, like from behind, interacting with Brad Pitt and other characters. Like I feel like either have him or don't have him. Yeah. So I feel like either you do... JFK film where you have people playing these characters and you just accept that that's an actor playing that person but that's fine, it's an interpretation of them. Or you get the real person in as a cameo 
obviously not an option for this. Yeah. Or you don't really include him at all. He's Why could he not be Barack, a, but you never met him? He's a character you know? off screen. Yes. Yeah. Which then, I thought was weird because then it's real life and they're using him as a real character, but then putting him in there. If it was like a fictionalized thing where it wasn't the real Barack Obama, it was yeah. a different politician that they've created. Yeah. He could have been a character. But we, all, we all know he was meant, meant to, be to be Barack, Barack Obama. Yeah. yeah. Thing that I had the issue with is that it's so obvious that they didn't get him, and we all know, right? Yeah. It's this thing that we've touched on a lot in our podcast reviews that the audience knows this; they're clever enough to know it. So don't talk down to us. Use it. Use it for something. Mm-hmm. And the way that those scenes are shot are like um, with shallow focus, so that the background's all blurry and you can you can't see his face and. Over the shoulder, so you can't tell. They've got someone impersonating his voice. Impersonating his voice, doing the bouncy walk, that kind of stuff. And it's so obvious why they've done that, because if they showed you its face, we wouldn't understand, Mm. like we'd know it's not the real Barack Obama, right? But we knew anyway, so I didn't understand Mm. why they were shooting it like that. It was really, really strange and took me completely out of the film and I went, what are you doing? Yeah. Why is this one scene? For that couple couple minutes, we were totally out of it and we're like, this is just so weird. And yeah. it takes you a little while to get back into the film, then, doesn't it? It does, it does. But that, the purpose of that scene, though, they could have shown Brad Pitt's character going to meet Barack Obama and then coming back being angry because he was blown exactly. off. Exactly, yeah. Or being you told by someone else that he didn't get in or anything. You would have had the exact same reaction. Yeah. I didn't get it. I, yeah, didn't get it either and I didn't like it. And it, as you said, it took me a while to get back in mm. to the film. Um, I liked the end of the film. Russell Crowe makes a bit of a cameo as the next general coming <laughs> He's in. He's coming to do the exact, exact same, same thing. thing. Um, and I, I liked that. I thought yeah. that was clever, right? Because it's showing that no one's doing anything and we mm. just want to be seen to be doing stuff. It's and the pointlessness of war. Absolutely. Really yeah. And you know that he's going to go through the exact same journey that McMahon mm. went through and he's going to get thrown out and a new person's going to come in. Like, I, I liked that. Um, I just wish it was more of that, maybe, and less of. Well, like, be an anti-war film or a film about the pointlessness of war. Yeah. Or be a regular war film. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was deciding, it was like on between those. It was, it? Yeah. yeah. And I found that frustrating. Maybe it's difficult because we watched The Hurt Locker fairly recently in the last six months or so, and we didn't enjoy it, I guess, but yeah, it, it was, was great, though. it's a great, it's like a quintessential war film, like, they, it, it's perfect in what it's trying to do and unfortunately anything else we see that's sort of like that is never going to be as good um so we acknowledge that that's a difficulty that we're having but i think war machine did such a great job in exploring the sort of bureaucracy and sitting in the room being like why can't i have four thousand men and because Mm -hmm. of this and because of this and all these reasons and it did it in such a satirical humorous way and clever, I thought, in certain instances, mm. um, even when he was talking to the, the president of Afghanistan and why he didn't want to be involved and coming mm. into the country trying to save these people but you've still got guns and it's I, I enjoyed all that kind of stuff, right? It was clever commentary on it. But I think it should have done that because it did mm. it well. But because well, that was the best part, and should have been. Kept that's what I mean. Yeah. Because it changed, that lost some of its weight yeah, as well. You exactly. know. I did think it was interesting some of the explanations of the war, both mm. the Iraq War and Afghanistan War, which 
America's War, the last little yeah. bit, how they talked about the insurgents. Yeah. So the insurgents are the people in the country who are fighting the Americans, but aren't the Americans the insurgents? Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah. And they like the interesting bit where one stage, like General McMahon, Brad Pitt, is going on like a listening tour of the country, mm. trying to talk to the to the locals about how they could improve, how they could stop the war. And they're like, well, you could just leave yeah. and leave us to our own country. I thought that was... That's not an option because in his mind, winning a war is defeating the bad guys. Yeah. It was interesting because at the risk of sounding offensive, it's such an American-centrist view on things. These people need to have jobs and they need to build schools and they need to work and need to do this kind of stuff. And these people aren't there yet and they're, you know, society. They don't want to do that. They want the people with the guns to please leave their country. Um, and that was really interesting, that scene with the translator and the frustration. He's trying to get this message across to these people and they have to wait for it to be translated and then they just want them to leave and it's really their solution is to give them mm. money and leave, mm. you know. That stuff's so, so interesting and enough in well, itself, you know. Well, because we've seen general war films about action and people dying and stuff so many times. Yeah. Haven't seen that stuff as much? No, that's why I thought it felt really fresh and new and interesting to watch. Yeah, they talk about in America, you know, oh, we need to fight these people because they hate our freedom, or the ISIS and all the yeah. terrorists hate their freedom. Well, the people who you've gone to their country and have, have <laughs> yeah. screwed it up over the last 15 years, I don't think they hate the freedom they have in, you know, Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't think they, they personally. Want you, they want you to piss off and they can sort themselves mm. out. But, you know, that's that's easy for us to say here and it is, yeah. you know, as people who haven't really experienced the war or anything bad in Australia. But that was the point of the film, though. So yeah. it's part of the film. I can, I'm happy to say that. Another weird thing about the film that I had an issue with was Tilda Swinton just arriving on set for one day to do a weird scene as a German as a gem, uh, member of parliament or something. Seemed like it. Who just has an argument with Brad Pitt when he's delivering a speech in Germany. Mm. And I could see the point of, like, the actual argument they had, the points they were both putting across about yeah. helping the country, how to help the country. Is it going in there with guns and killing people yeah. or is it and empowering the country themselves or leaving them to the you know, devices, you know, not getting out of the global conflicts? But why her? Yeah. And why in that scenario? It was so strange. Like, perhaps that happened in real life, but even then it, it didn't yeah. quite feel true <laughs> to life. It didn't work narratively, though. This is the issue. If they're going to make a dramatization of true events it mm. needs to flow with structure and like a narrative thing would otherwise you're going to do a doco aren't you like there are certain conventions that have to occur in a feature film for it to work and that was a very strange element and so, so she was just trying to say that um she was worried that his goal and his ideal was you know more important to him than actually winning the war or helping people, right? Which it was. We understand that. But I didn't know that it needed to be, like, shoved down your throat so much. Like, mm. we all knew that he thought he could win and believed he could and then couldn't. And that was really interesting sort of character thing for him. But I, that sequence was so strange and I just mm. don't really understand the point of it and the point of her. And then she left and it was no, there were no consequences yeah. from that interaction. But... but. Having said all this, I still would probably recommend people watch it. It's interesting, very well shot, very well made. All the performances were mm -hmm. were good. You know, 
even though some people were in a different film to others. Yeah. It's <laughs> still interesting. But that's the whole film, what we've said. Um, what would you give it out of five? I'd probably give it maybe two and a half. Yeah. It wasn't my favourite. I'd give it three because of those problems I had with it, but still very interesting in other parts. And I think it has made us think a lot about that war, and it was a, a slightly different take on... It was, on, yeah. you know, the recent conflicts, so... I don't think it was quite the classic that I thought going in that it was going to be, though. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that's expectations versus yeah, maybe reality that we've yeah. talked about. So from an American war film to an American political drama slash soap opera. Who knows what it's become by, at this point. <laughs> Next week we're going to talk about <laughs> House of Cards, which is one of our favourite shows when it first came out. and We have thoughts. We, we Let's got, just leave it at we that. We've got various thoughts. Um, so season two starting next week. Tell all your friends. Tell your mum and dad. I mean, if they haven't by now, they're not going to, are they? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's a good place to start. Yeah. A new episode, Why new not? season. Fresh start. No more topics that we knew you were all skipping through anyway to get to the good bit of the film review. So, you know, we're listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> Who you been talking to? I haven't heard anyone. <laughs> Our one listener. <laughs> Thank you very much and see you next week. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Get it close. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.